0: going on world welcome to my podcast it's just different with ty where i talk about sports social political issues you name it everything under the sun make sure you like and subscribe to the channel and please leave your comments below also hit the notification bell so you can be up to date with all the newest videos that i am dropping because i'm coming with that heat if you want to come on this show and have a debate with me you more than welcome I will entertain it pending what the topic is, but make sure you know what you're talking about because I ain't going to play no games with you. Now, this is part two. I was telling you guys that part two is coming from the Kevin Hart video when he basically said that ancient Egypt was black and he received a whole bunch of backlash from it um, from Egypt. He has a show there um, and they're trying to boycott that show. So I'm coming with all the facts of ancient Egypt. I cannot dispute it. You could try, but you can't. Let's go. Welcome to It's Just Different with your host, Ty. Alright, so I just wrote down information, documentation that cannot be disputed. So when we're talking about ancient egypt and its antiquity. when we talking about the the indigenous people of egypt, black africans, when we talking about all these different things, i'm just going to give off information after information after information and i want to see how can you guys dispute it. it it baffles me that here we are in 2023 And we are still talking about what is the race of the ancient Egyptians? I can't believe it. I mean, it is. (laughs) It's mind blowing that you still have some people that want to. Create a narrative, a false narrative and make it seem like as if uh, other nations. Are indigenous to. Africa, because Egypt is in Africa. But I'm going to run this timeline down on invasions and then we're going to talk about that and I'm going to move on and talk about other historians that had things to say about ancient Egypt and what the people looked like. And then we're going to go from there. So starting with the timeline of invasions, the first non-Africans to come into Egypt. And I got to say non-Africans. The first non-Africans to come into Egypt. As invaders was the Hexals in 1675 BCE. By that time, almost all the pyramids were built. That's another thing. Almost all the pyramids were built in Egypt when the first non-Africans came into Egypt as invaders. Now, I'll let you sit on that, think about that. Now, the next non-African invasion in Egypt was the Assyrians. The Assyrians came in around 740 BCE. And by this time, the Ethiopians, Ethiopia is in Africa, just so you know, Ethiopia, the Ethiopians were ruling Egypt at this time. So when the Assyrians came around 740 BC, the Ethiopians were ruling Egypt at that time. The next non-African invasion was the Persians. And they came in around 525 BCE. And then the first Europeans, non-Africans, the first European group, which is non-Africans, to come into Egypt to invade was the Greeks around 323 BCE. And then the Romans came. The next non-Africans to come in to invade Egypt was the Romans around 40 BCE. And then the next non-Africans to come in to invade Egypt were the Arabs in 640. And then the next non-Africans to come in were the Ottoman Turks. And I find it funny, too, because when I, I seen a lot of videos and pictures of the uh, when they were saying boycott Kevin Hart, a lot of the times it was Turks that were saying, "Hey, uh, um, Kevin Hart is with his Afrocentric view and stop trying to uh, um erase our history and our ancestors was the one building the pyramids." A lot of times, you know, I've seen a lot of uh um Arabs commenting, but it was also Turks as well. I was seeing a lot of comments. So that's just the timeline. And from there, from that point, just by from the first non-African invasion, you would have to look at all the other structures that were built in Egypt at that time and say, "Hey, well, if the first non-Africans that invaded Egypt didn't come in to 1675 BCE, but yet you have this pyramid you have this temple you have this built before they came in what does that tell you that means that there were black africans that were building all those great structures when egypt was in, in antiquity so now we're going to go to sources all right and i'm not going to really use no afro uh, uh no african scholars. Because I don't want to hear she's being Afrocentric. And I want I seen a video with a person named Metatron. I seen that video with Metatron. And Metatron, I want you to watch this. I want everybody to watch this, but especially you, because I'm going to use scholarly view from Europeans. All right. That is respected and still taught in the highest institutions now. I'm going to use what they said about ancient Egypt and what the people look like. All Europeans. So you can't say it's Afrocentric. The first person we're going to start with is the father of Egyptology. All right. Forgive me if I pronounce his name wrong. But the father of Egyptology is Jean Francois Champollion, who said the ancient Egyptians belong to a race quite similar to the Kinuas or the Barbaras present-day Nubia, which is Sudan. He goes on to say, in the Copts of Egypt, C-O-P-T-S, we do not find any of the characteristic features of the ancient Egyptian population. The Copts are the result of crossbreeding with all the nations that have successfully dominated Egypt. It is wrong to seek in them the principal features of the old race. So which means people that are coming in as invaders the copts of Egypt. The people that are coming in at, that came in as invaders, we shouldn't look at them and say, well, this is what the people of ancient times in that area look like. Now, the Copts of Egypt, just so you know, are native Egyptians in the Hellenistic and Roman periods, which was around 323 B.C. started around 323 B.C.E. All right. So those are the the, the native egyptians in the hellenistic and roman period. So again around 323 BC, at, we we're going to talk about structures, everything was built. At all the pyramid everything. There really was no contribution from the Greeks and the Romans when they came in at that time cuz they came in to learn and they all said it. All right? Now this is the f- now this is the father of Egyptology saying this. Now we're going to go to Herodotus, who is the father of history. Herodotus said that the people who had inhabited Egypt at the time and created Egyptian civilization were black people. What more else do you need? Because I know a lot of times you guys say, oh, well, it doesn't say black. They, they, they say this. They said, no, we're black people. Herodotus said that Herodotus also said the Colicans and the Egyptians and the Ethiopians are the only nations that have from the first Precise circumcision, the first practice circumcision. I mean, excuse me, practice circumcision. So now, not not only are you talking about a uh, uh, physical type of what the ancient Egyptians looked like. Herodotus is making a cultural connection between the Colchians, the Egyptians, and the Ethiopians by saying they were the first to practice circumcision. All right. Herodotus said that now Achilles patches a historian Greek who was born in the second century. This is what he said about the Egyptians. They were all tall and stout. Their complexion was black, not the jet black of the Indians, but that of a mongrel Ethiopian. Again, you see the connection. You see the connection. It's now Valley. This is people from the Nile. This this is what it is. This is what it is. And last, Aristotle, right? Who's considered the greatest philosopher? I don't. Th- but this is what y'all have him as. This is the title y'all gave him. This is the title Europeans gave him. All right. Metatron uh, Metatron. this is the title title that the Europeans gave Aristotle and he said those who are too black are cowards for instinct like the Egyptians and Ethiopians so I know a few times I, I believe Metatron and this is for everybody I'm pointing him out because he did a video and he got a lot of views and people bought into that nonsense and when he was looking at pictures on the wall, it was showing pictures of people that were like uh, reddish, and um, and then there were like jet black people, and they were saying, "See, there's, they are not the same. They they there's no connection. There's no that's what he was trying to do." But again, this this notion that black people all have to have big noses or big lips or they have to be jet black—that is not accurate. Black people know that. we know that we are the most genetically diverse uh, of hue. our hue come in all complexions, a black person can come in five different complexions and be 100 percent black. You know what I'm saying? so this this false narrative that he's projecting out there. I don't know if it's he's trying to really if it's him just being miseducated mis- or him just Saying, I'm just going to put this out there because I'm going to create this, you know, uh, narrative and we're going to run with it because he probably don't want to come to the realization that African people, black African people. Are. The ones that was creating all of this great structures. You know, so. Those are the European historians now. I'm going to talk a little bit about probably one of the greatest anthropologists, historian, physicist, Dr. Shake and to the deal. All right. So not going to take too much time. Dr. Shake. He, he, he held, well, he didn't hold, but he was at a meeting with his colleague, uh, Mr. Obenga. Um, UNESCO it was UNESCO in 1974 I believe and it was like 20 other Egyptologists, anthropologists, archaeologists that were there Dr. Sheik and Dr. Obengo was the only I think um, African that were there everyone else were either Arab or European and these was highly respectable uh, Egyptologists, archaeologists in the world that were there and Throughout this meeting at, the UNESCO, at UNESCO, Dr. Shape proved beyond a shadow of a doubt that these mummies, right, or that ancient Egypt was black. He was able, he, he, what he did was he used a scientific method, right, to prove that the ancient Egyptians were black. And he also proved culturally and linguistically, you know, um, you know, with all the evidence that he provided. And during this whole procedure, right, he also used uh, uh, craniof- uh, facial metrics, the one that's still used today, that's able to determine, not the one that's used to, uh, to show your brain size, the one that's used to, your actual, you know, structure, your jawline and, you, you're able to tell uh, an African's jawline from a European's jawline and different. He, was, he, he used all that, him and Dr. Benga, to definitively prove that these mummies were black, okay? And also in this, he concluded from the tissue and everything else, the samples that he did, that these mummies had... High, extremely high levels of melanin in them, which is only can be found. That type of high level of melanin um, are only found in black people. I mean, he blew them away to the point that even UNESCO. I'm gonna read off what UNESCO said. All right, you you can look look for it. Okay, Metatron, look for it. This is what UNESCO said. UNESCO said in a statement how Diop, uh, Diop, and uh, Obenga brought forth all this credible information, and that there was consequently a real lack and balance in this discussion. This is what they. This is what this is what he said. This is what UNESCO said. 1974, it was held in Cairo, Egypt. Okay. Around all these other archaeologists and Egyptologists and Dr. Sheik and Dr. uh, Obenga, they blew them other people out the box. Game over. They wasn't even a match. They brought a knife to a (laughs) gunfight. You know what I'm saying? That's what they did. Bigger than Nino Brown. Bigger than Nino Brown. Now, this whole thing with the ancient Egyptians aren't black started with, I think in uh, maybe the, the mid, late, late, late 1800s. Um, but around the 1950s, 60s, 70s, even after this whole thing at UNESCO, you had a lot of archaeologists. Some archaeologists wanted to say, OK, we we see this is what it is. But a lot of European and Arab uh, are um, Egyptologists. They didn't want to admit that. And one of the people that was spearheading this is saying ancient Egypt ain't black was Zahi Hawass. Now, I could take some time and I can go in on him. Because I didn't like how he disrespected a lot of our African scholars, whether if it was uh, Dr. Shake, whether if it was Dr. Ben Yosef Yakunin, whether if it was Dr. Ivan Sertimer, you know, whether if it was John Henry Clark, you know, um, the list the list goes on, you know, of him disrespecting taking personal shots to our African scholars. It's one thing to dispute somebody or don't agree with someone's scholarly view or whatever it is, a finding or what, you know, it's one thing to do that. And that's cool. But he made some personal attacks that I could do, too, if I really want to. You know, I, I, I could talk about how he was basically uh, arrested and spent the year and, and was sentenced to a year in jail and um, you know for basically uh, allegedly uh, rigging, uh, rigging the contract bidding in the Egyptian museum but I ain't gonna talk about that I could talk about how some of his counterparts was basically saying that uh, he was doing corruption and all these other different things you know and, and how he got voted out his position the people protested against him but I ain't gonna talk about that. I could also talk about how it, it was uh, said, alleged that he was, uh, I guess who who was it? Who was it? National weird. I got the news right here. National Geographic. National Geographic were paying this man two hundred thousand dollars a year, and how he had to somewhat step away. He was forced to step away from his position because questions was raised about uh, possible conflict of interest. This is what's in the papers. I'll say allegedly just because you got to say it, but this is in the papers. I could talk about all those things. I, I could go deep into it because he took personal shots on our African scholars. And I could do that with him, but I'm not going to do that. Not going to do that. But what I will do is talk about his stance on certain things. And I want you to listen to this. Right now. In 2008, this is Dr. Zahawaiis, okay? In 2008, right? Egypt planned to conduct a DNA test on a 35-year-old, 3500-year-old mummy to determine if it was King the I, which it wasn't. And um, Egypt had acquired a $5 million DNA lab funded by the Discovery Channel. Hawass said, The best way to obtain accurate results is from the DNA found in cells nucleus because it contains information from both parents. This is what he said in 2008. That's what he said in 2008. Now, those test results have never been revealed on the mummies that he was trying or that they did DNA testing on. Never was revealed. All right. Now, in 2012, a study signed by Zaha Weiss disclosed that Rameses III had a haplogroup group that is associated with Bantu expansion, which is mainly in the sub-Saharan African uh, region. Sub-Saharan Africa region. Now, if you don't know anything about the Bantu expansion, Google it. You know, basically it's a, a migration. Um, of the indigenous people in Central, you know, but you gotta, look, you gotta look through it, you know, look through it. Have Shaka Mosa, one of them guys, explain it to you, right? Now, that's what Zaha White said in 2008 about the whole DNA. You know, when he said uh, to, uh, the best way to obtain accurate results is from the DNA found in the cell. That's what, he, that's what he, he was on board for it then. Got to, probably heard some results he didn't like. And now he's saying he ain't, they ain't going to disclose it under national security. But in 2016, Czar has stated, from what I understand, it is not always accurate and it cannot always be done with complete success when dealing with mummies. That's what he had to say in 2016 as it pertains to DNA. So you see his stance change from 2008 to 2016. Now, I just wanted to add that in there because he is the leading I don't, uh, Egyptologist in the world. Like, I don't know if he still is now, but for a good two decades, he was. In the early 2000s, he was. Now, here is, as they say, the ace factor. All right, Here's what they say is the game changer. Here is what they say is the game changer. I'm going to read this off to you, and I want y'all to hear this. But this, hopefully, is going to put it to rest. This is from the Brooklyn Museum, all right? Brooklyn Museum, Brooklyn, New York. I'm born and raised and still live in New York. So it's not like I don't know what I'm talking about, or it's a place where I haven't went to or can't go to or haven't went to and can't go. This is in the Brooklyn Museum, okay? Now, when you go to the Brooklyn museum and the African ancestry of Egypt and Nubia from the green Sahara to the Nile. (sighs) Are y'all ready to hear this? Are y'all ready to hear this? You, you, I don't think you all ever heard this. You, somebody probably might've said it before, but you're going to hear it here. If you haven't. All right. As it pertains to the ancient Egyptians. In Egypt okay so in the Brooklyn Museum they asked a question who were the Egyptians the ancient Egyptians were African people who first appeared in the Nile Valley by 4500 BCE and created a distinctive culture the first Egyptians came to the Nile Valley further south in Egypt I mean in Africa sorry sorry the first Egyptians came to the Nile Valley further south in Africa. This isn't the Brooklyn Museum. This ain't me reading this in the Brooklyn. All, all those, you know, archaeologists and historians, those great people that worked there, did they research. Okay. Now I'm gonna go on and say this. Because we talk about the relations, and e- e- Egyptians didn't really have no connection to the other, and all this other, you know, to the other Africans. So I'm, I'm gonna get all into that because this isn't a Brooklyn museum. I read this all. Now the other question was, what was the relationship between Egyptians and other Africans? Now, y'all, I want y'all to hear this because this is bigger than Nino Brown. Okay, it's bigger than Nino Brown. Many Ethiopian. I mean, many European and American universities and museums separate Egypt from the rest of Africa, presenting it either in relation to the European cultures of Greece and Rome or on an isolated phenomenon with no connection to the people of Central and Southern Africa. These Eurocentric or isolationist approaches are modern. Damn, that was tough. the great great Greek historian Herodotus, the so-called father of history, the so-called father of history, fully acknowledged the African aspect of Egyptian civilization when he visited the Nile Valley in the 5th century BCE. It was not until the 1840s that a group of American authors writing to justify the Atlantic slave trade argued that the Egyptian, that the Egyptians were a separate population with no relation to other Africans. They did not believe that Africans could have produced one of the world's most sophisticated civilizations. You know why? Just look at how they still look at African people. They would rather have you believe that aliens came from out of space and built all these great structures. They would have rather had, and the thing is, the government puts money into these programs, into these TV networks to keep that nonsense going on. The government does that. There was a budget that the government had to put money into uh, aliens, building the pyramids, UFOs, and all this other stuff. They put money into that, and people believe that. They would rather think something they never seen before did this and, and instead of saying, nah, you, you Africans, y'all ain't no way. Ain't no way. Cause they, a lot of these Eurocentric, right. Views, right. Have this notion of, of white superiority complex. Right. So now I'm going to read this last part. Since the 1960s, Western-trained Egyptologists have begun to rethink many of their assumptions about ancient Egypt. This trend is due partly to efforts of African and African-American scholars who continue to challenge outdated ideas. So when you talk about Dr. Sheik uh, and other great scholars, like I said, Dr. Yosef Ben, uh, Ivan Vinsertimer, John Henry Clark, all these great scholars, they challenge that. And not only they challenged, they proved 100% without a shadow of a doubt that ancient Egypt was black. Okay? Now, here's the last bombshell. Here's the, la- here's the-, here's the last bombshell. And again, all everything I'm reading is, is in the Brooklyn Museum right now. You can go to the Brooklyn Museum and see it for yourself. Don't ever believe anything I say. Do the research yourself, Okay? Now, in the Brooklyn Museum, actually they even made a post about this. Okay? It said today Egyptologists no longer maintain the false hypothesis that light-skinned outsiders created Egyptian culture. Ladies and gentlemen, what that is called is TKO, where I'm from. With that What that is called, where I'm from, is lights out, end of discussion, mic drop. So, with that said, guys, thank you for watching. It's just different with Ty. Make sure you like and subscribe to the channel. And again, don't forget to hit that notification bell to get up-to-date videos because I'm dropping some fire. I ain't playing around, all right? So you guys think about that. Soak all that in. Be safe and peace and love.